Happy Wednesday. Today is December 29th, 2021. We are so close to closing out this hell of a year and moving into 2022. This is the fifth podcast that I've done five days in a row. And I'm pleased to say I am, honest to God, so much less in my head than I was doing the first one. And perhaps that is just a great way to realize the muscle memory of doing something and feeling less insecure happens when you treat it much less delicately. I haven't even shared or promoted that I'm doing this because I kind of like tucking into this corner of the internet and just letting my free flow subconscious mind speak without worrying how I sound. And here's what I want to do. I want to structure these where every day I deep dive 20 minutes into a thought, idea, a quote, a theory, a law, a spiritual practice that I would, I just want to geek out on it. And today is the Alan Watts quote, the more you pursue feeling better all the time, the less satisfied you become as pursuing something only reinforces the fact that you lack it in the first place. I came to this quote today because somebody had posted a reiteration of this quote on one of the many spiritual law of abundant Instagram pages that I follow. And this one was from Physics and Philosophy. And they wrote, this is a total mind. Ah, so I'll give you a minute to unpretzel your brain and maybe read it again. So here we go. Wanting positive experience is a negative experience. Accepting negative experience is a positive experience. It's what the philosopher Alan Watts used to refer to as the backwards law. The idea that the more you pursue feeling better all the time, the less satisfied you become. As pursuing something only reinforces the fact that you lack it in the first place. The more you desperately want to be rich, the more poor and unworthy you feel, regardless of how much money you actually make. The more desperately you want to be sexy and desired, the uglier you come to see yourself, regardless of your actual physical appearance. The more you desperately want to be happy and loved, the lonelier and more afraid you become regardless of those who surround you. The more you want to be spiritually enlightened, the more self-centered and shallow you become in trying to get there. Once again, it comes back to effortlessness. And I find it to be fascinating that some of the philosophers that came up with things referred to, you know, in this case, Alan Watts as the backwards law, stand true to the test of time in the same way that the original philosophers that came up with the law of attraction, you know, it it is associated with the secret and it actually came out way, way earlier. You know, it was considered at the time 
new thought. And even if you go on Wikipedia, it says that the original early ideas around the new thought movement, it says it was the teachings of Phineas Quimby, Quimby in the early 19th century. And how it came about was that he was diagnosed with tuberculosis and he took to horseback riding and noticed that the intense excitement that he felt while on the horse temporarily relieved him from his affliction. And this is how he came over to coin it mind over body. And it says here that he never actually used the words law of attraction. However, in 19 or no, in 1877, Helena Blafowski actually then did begin using the term law of attraction. Now, how is it that these philosophers were using this term so early on, but it wasn't until, you know, many years later, um, it says right here that some of the best-selling books that came about were in 1937, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, in 1952, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And then, of course, in 1984, Louise Hay wrote You Can Heal Your Life. And I never heard about Law of Attraction until I first saw The Secret. It would have been around 2009, and it had originally been released in 2006. And unfortunately became so oversimplified that the movie said things like just think of a check think of a check think of a check and then you're going to get a check in the mail and then you're going to be rich and I watched it and I thought it was bs because it felt like it was all materialistic based and what I realize now it's that you aren't supposed to be thinking of the material item that you wish to receive in front of you or the palm of your hand or land in your mailbox. It's the feeling of abundance that will wash over you when you have the item. I just pitched a company that I'm really hoping to work with and the way that they're structured and their goals are so parallel to something that I'm fascinated by. And I had created a deck to send them last week. And even though I've been reading and studying all these philosophies, uh, they had responded. um, They didn't say this looks great or we love this. They just said, are you available to jump on a call? Thanks. And my mind went into so overdrive of, well, they hated it. They didn't give me any good feedback before the call. And in the first two minutes of the call that I just had, they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're thinking, yes, we'll do this and uh, we'll give it a shot. And I just felt the second they said that, I felt seen and accepted and understood that we had a similar idea of how we wanted it to go. And it felt really rewarding that they were excited to review my ideas and they liked my ideas and they want to compensate me to create something that's aligned with their company. And that's the feeling that any of us as 
builders, creators, visionaries, and listen, calling yourself a visionary, I get it. It feels really like preposterous and like, oh my gosh, you know, who do you think you are? But visionaries are really just daydreamers and daydreamers are people with a curiosity and an imaginative mindset that leads them to think beyond what's in front of them and to live in a world full of possibility and at the end of the day somebody like alan watts breaks it down in such a way that it really is about playfulness and when I listened to his lectures, especially the ones on Spotify where his speeches are over tracks by Akira the Dawn, and there's there are quite a few musicians that have created um, musical accompaniments to his words, but Akira the Dawn gets into this like rhythm and this vibe that if I'm driving and I'm hearing it, those words become mantras and those mantras they really do start to breed into your subconscious mind I love this quote by Alan Watts this is the real secret of life to be completely engaged with what you are doing in the here and now and instead of calling it work realize it's play and it's such a sweet spot when you tap into that vortex where you are completely mesmerized with what's in front of you that you literally forget your cell phone exists and some days I wake up and I don't even turn on my cell phone I have no desire whatsoever to tap into the outside world I might have sent a text message and I'm kind of dreading the response or what the person's going to say and I love to just ignore problems in my life it feels so great to go off and live in this alternate fantasy world where you're not even having to deal with uncomfortable things and I know that that also sounds a little bit um yeah sure it's a fantasy right like not we don't all get the privilege of you know just waking up and not turning our phones on you know if I had kids and I have a family you know you don't get to like tap out and just disappear which is why as a non-parenting person that doesn't have to deal with kids right now I actually realize this is like a very special season of my life where I can be a hundred percent selfish and face zero repercussions for not showing up for another human being and so I say that to women especially that you know really want to be moms and have families and have kids and I'm like it will come like I'm sure that it will but what if right now you just embrace where you are that you can live on a whim and a journey where if you want to go get on a plane and you want to go be you know like I have this fascination I want to go to Tulum like all I want to do is just go be in the most warm weather possible and to me right now that fantasy is Tulum like I just want to go eat fresh food and fresh fish and veggies and I want to have salt water on my skin every single day which I find to be one of the most healing things imaginable and it just feels really good to me to to do that and I live in that fantasy of like what that will be like to just decide on a Wednesday that I'm going to get on a plane and I might come back on Monday and I might not if I want to stay two weeks I can and so I'm not always going to have this luxury to do that but I do right now and so instead of feeling 
bad or worried about whether or not I'm going to have a family one day. I just want to live exactly where I am. And Rupi, uh, the poet Rupi wrote this quote where she said, I'm never going to have this version of myself ever again. So let me slow down and be with her. Those might not have been the exact words, but it was close to it. And when I read that, I felt so much um, relief in knowing that I can enjoy this version of life that I'm in at this exact moment. And I've been thinking a lot about time and the constructs of time. And there's this one Alan Watts quote, and he says, we are living in a culture entirely hypnotized by the illusion of time in which the so-called present moment is felt as nothing but an infinitesimal hairline between a causative past and an absorbingly important future. We have no present. Our consciousness is almost completely preoccupied with memory and expectation. We do not realize that there never was, is, nor will be any other experience than present experience. We are therefore out of touch with reality. Oh my gosh. Time as a social construct. If you didn't actually know from a job that you had to show up to, if it was a Sunday or a middle of the week Wednesday, when you still have all of your deadlines before you, and you're anticipating what's going to happen next, the possibility of a Saturday morning when you know you have 48 hours in front of you to do whatever the heck you want to do, no phone calls are expected, no Zoom calls that you have to join, is such a different experience than knowing you have to show up on a call on a Monday morning and pitch something. And so I'm trying to figure out how, how to navigate this new reality where I'll be honest, I, I do really miss being amongst people. I haven't, other than family, seen anyone for the last couple of weeks right now because one in seven people have COVID in New York City. On Saturday alone, I think it was 49,000 new cases and I've had COVID and I do take COVID seriously. I would very much like to not get COVID again. The first time I had it, I came out of it with such severe, honest to God, memory problems, like brain fog that it, I, I feel, I mean, my effects of COVID three to four months into it, my brain fog is definitely being 10 months out of it a lot different than it was three or four months out of it. But even still, I would very much like to not have to deal with getting that brain fog again. It it was, it was so intense and it felt so paralyzing to actually genuinely have conversations where the next day I didn't necessarily always remember the details of it was so overwhelming and made me feel like my brain cells were just disintegrating because of this disease. And 
the foggy headedness side of it did take many, many months to come out of it. And the idea of getting it again and having another six to eight months of brain foggedness is really overwhelming to me. And so I am trying to avoid getting it. And it's not that I didn't avoid getting it before, but I I do know now what the effects of it look like in a way that I had no idea from before. So with all that being said, I do. I miss being around, um, you know, when I'm in Los Angeles pre-COVID pandemic times, being able to walk to coffee shops and having encounters and running into people, it ignites your brain in a way that you don't get when you're holed up in the middle of nowhere and not really seeing other people. And so I go through phases of loneliness and other phases where I don't feel lonely. I just feel like I'm tucked into this like cozy, comfy, safe sanctuary of a place where everything is calm and I feel really present and I have clarity. And then other times I am bouncing off the walls and all I want to do is just get in my car and drive into New York City. You know, 90 minutes I can get into the city where I am right now. And that feels, you know, for the first couple months of the fall, I had the time of my life going into the city. And right now there's just COVID lines are around the block. I'm getting texts every day right now of people saying they have COVID and it just feels like it's starting all over again. And a weird part right now of of making these podcasts is what if I had been able to listen to my grandmother speak into a voice device where I can hear what it was like for her to live through World War II? What would that have felt like? Would I have been interested to listen to that. Was she dating? Was she married? Was she a, a mother? And yeah, like I think if you can have a time capsule where you remember what you were reading on any day of the week, what quotes were inspiring you, what songs you were listening to, I think there's such a beauty to that. There's a beauty to being a creator that once, and also when I say the word creator, I I do believe that any of us have the capacity to be creators. I think we all get in our heads and we feel like creators are for people that have exceedingly amazing talent that makes them millions of dollars per year. And and that's when society has also given them the approval that, yes, you're a creator. This many people want to buy your albums. And, oh, yes, you're definitely a creator because millions of people watch your videos. Like, just because you have an audience versus somebody that doesn't, the person that doesn't, I think, feels like, oh, I'm really dumb doing this. Like, why would I shoot a vlog about my life when um, I'm not famous or nobody wants to watch this? And I saw this really interesting TikTok, actually, that spoke about how do we define what's good and bad? If we watch a video and it has 10 views on it, do we think to ourselves that's so dumb they're so pathetic trying to make that thing happen versus it has 10 million views and then we think oh they're so brilliant brilliant that many people had interest in watching it therefore it makes them feel like 
if you're creating something and lots of people are hanging on and they're interested in watching it, they didn't always have that, you know? There was a point in which they were first starting out and making something that no one was really paying attention. But I think if you're really authentic and true and trying to be as honest as possible, that's the that's the line that you know it resonates with other people. Because when I watch something and somebody is saying to the screen things that I also think, that's when I feel connected. And when you feel connected to something and you're trying to make art that resonates, the connectivity tissue that happens when they hear something come out of someone else's mouth where they say, oh, wait, you think that? Wait, I go through that. That's why Larry David is so successful because when I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm and he is living life experiences that I too also live, I can laugh about it. And if I can sit for 30 minutes and laugh about something that is so absurd yet so true, that's when I connect to something. And I just don't really, you know, I know right away. I think that's one thing that I want to wrap this out with. I either connect or disconnect very quickly. I'm not somebody that things like really grow on me. I see it. I know it. I want it. I have to have it. I'm going to do it. And if I don't have that instant connectivity to it, it, I'm not somebody that really has the bandwidth or attention span to stick around for it to grow. And do I need to change that about myself and decide that I'm going to give something more time to grow on me? Or do I just lean into the fact that I know what I like and what I like is very particular while still being open to letting things grow? So that's what I want to wrap out with. I'm actually having the time of my life making these and thank you for being here. (laughs) Have a great rest of your day. Go listen to some Alan Watts on the Spotify channel. It'll definitely jumpstart your subconscious mind. Bye guys.